autistic kids usually are more sensitive. And so the energy work works so well for them because they are so energetically sensitive. They're picking up everything in their environment. Their nervous systems are keyed up all the time. And if it's EMFs or mom's stress or dad's anger or, you know, whatever, they're picking everything up. And um, the emotion code is just a great way to release that so easily. How is it possible for a parent of a child with autism to become the superhero their child needs now? I'm Len. And I'm Cass. When our son was diagnosed with moderate to severe autism, we went all in. We spent over a decade learning everything we could on how we could transform to help our son thrive. And guess what? He's doing it. This year, he ran for class president. Each week on this podcast, we will be sharing the secrets needed for you to become the superhero your child needs. If you want to learn how to tap into your innate superpowers to help your child thrive, visit AutismParentingSecrets.com. Hello and welcome to Autism Parenting Secrets. It's Len, I'm here with Cass, and we are joined this week by Megan Boer. She is founder of Harmony Restored. It's a company focused on helping individuals heal from the stress that is at the root of their physical and emotional pain. Megan's a certified emotion code practitioner, author of two ebooks on healing, a Reiki healer, and a mom to three. She shares her healing work privately with one on one clients and also empowers women on a global scale through her proprietary healing system called Rooted in Health. So she is passionate about helping individuals and families create radiant health, effortless joy lasting energy, and fully participate in their life again. She's also the co-founder, along with her soon-to-be husband, Jason Smith, of Guiding Arrow Nature Camp. Her dream is to open this nature-based camp for children with autism, which will include the healing powers of nature, mindfulness, gardening, animal caretaking, yoga, life skills, and community. Guiding Arrow's mission is to create a safe space for our neurodivergent children and young adults for them for them to be themselves, for them to thrive. And this is a passion project of hers inspired by her own son and her fiance's son with autism. There's many topics and many insights that are going to be revealed in this episode, but the main secret this week is you need to peel back the layers. So we are just really excited to have this discussion with Megan. We're so happy that you joined us. Welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I know when I first heard about your camp, Megan, I was like, this is the first time I think I've ever read a description that I would actually send my son. Like it was, and I think your tagline, what, come as you are kind of, yeah, come as you are. I just thought was so beautiful. Um, So can you share a little bit about your journey and kind of what, you know, bring us up to date, kind of what's been going on with you and your, your, I guess your journey with your son, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, and we're going to, I mean, we can cover a lot within this time frame, but I'm just like, how did you get started on this journey? What, you know, was that starting point for him? So my oldest son, Seth, he is 16 right now. He'll soon be 17. And, you know, there was always something uh, that was off from the beginning. Um, and, but he could never get diagnosed. And then about 15 months after his uh, well child checkup, Within about a week after that, he lost all of his language, all of his eye contact. 
digestion, you know, went awry, all of those things. And um, spent the next several years, you know, getting a diagnosis and, you know, really throwing myself into healing him and this whole healing journey and trying all the diets and the supplements and the doctors and the chiropractors and the, you know, like, and basically spent the next several years stressing myself out so much that I got sick. And Long story short, um, to get us out of all of that, we kind of found energy work and the emotion code. And that seemed to be, at least for us, that last puzzle piece as far as helping my son get his language back and helping me get back out of my you know, illness and things. And so now I do that professionally, been doing that, seeing clients for you know 10 years or so. And then you know, my son at this point is you know, in mainstream school and gets straight A's and you know, he's definitely quirky, <laughs> um, you know, but it's, it's not anything he's high functioning to the point where, you know, I feel good. Like he's going to leave the home and have a life and, um, you know, he'll have to find other quirky friends, but, um, but, um, but he's good. And, um, and then, yeah, then my almost husband has a son on the spectrum as well. And so the two of us together kind of as, it was just so funny. It was kind of the Brady Bunch, but with two autistic boys, our oldest. And we just, you know, we love nature and we love being outside and we know how healing that is for the boys. And, you know, we were like, let's just like, we love the kids. We have a million kids. We're like, let's just, let's do this. And so, yeah, right now we are, um, we're working to get the 501c3 approved. And once we do that, then, you know, we're just going to hit the ground running and try and get this, get this set up for everybody. So right now it's still a dream, but, you know, hopefully not too much longer, we'll be able to get open and, you know, get these kids out here in nature, enjoying themselves, letting them just be who they are and have fun. And I love that you have to applaud you for putting that stake in the ground and announcing it. So now you get to kind of manifest it. And oh, yeah. Your, yeah. And your journey seems kind of similar to ours, where our son regressed around 12 months, but mm-hmm. lost his language. Everyone limited, you know, what was possible for his future. And now he's 15. He's absolutely quir- quirky, but he was mainstream school. We actually pulled them when COVID hit. because we were- Yes virtual and all of these things weren't and we ended up now homeschooling which he's loving and thriving but it's amazing to see like the limitations that were given to your child at a young point when they lose their words and you're like will they ever speak again to now having a quirky teenager it's such it's so different and you know the energy piece like you had mentioned like emotion code and that more energetic medicine was a missing link. You know, I know that was true for us and anything more alternative or energetic has truly been those missing links that were key, you know, key for our journey too. Yeah. I mean, well, same. And I I just remember, you know, he lost all of his language and it was just kind of like, you know, the doctor just kind of gave us this like, well, that sucks, you know, (laughs) like good luck. And I'm like, you know, my mama bear came out and I was like, hell no, like, absolutely not. Like my son is still in there. And, you know, that's where I just remember being in the first, uh, like alter, like she was a naturopath being in the, in the first appointment where it was just this, you know, this witch doctor at that point, you know, and I'm, you know, she's muscle testing and she's pulling out homeopathic remedies. And my then husband and I are sitting there just like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? Like, this is crazy. You know, we were just so, we didn't know any of this. And 
you know, and to think where we were then, you know, worried about him just talking much less anything else to where we are now, you know, where he's just Seth, you know, I don't even think about him as being an autistic per, you know, like it's just, I mean, he's got that obviously, but he's just Seth and he's been able to adjust and, you know, and there's so many things that I think have created an environment for him to thrive, you know, and obviously, um, the energy work, but also, you know, just for us, uh, such a big piece of his healing was getting him outside and getting him to a place where he could be himself and go outside and yell and scream and be loud and be weird. And nobody cared, you know, where we were living in the city when he was really young and it was just, it did not work well. <laughs> were you in New York or what city were you in? We were in DC. We were okay. in DC. Okay, so we were in New York City, and okay. the same kind of thing, and the community garden was a place that we had to visit every single day, because, and that was the place where we actually got the eye contact from, mm. because, and you could just tell, and that's when I read the book, The Reason I Jump, and when it says, you know, the, the one line, and I'll probably butcher it, but it's basically to the extent that nature doesn't judge, nature is always there to give you a hug which, you know, is so brilliant that, you know, I think you had mentioned when we talked earlier that you bought the property out in the country just so he had a place where he could go be himself. Yeah, no, we we really did that whole pendulum swing. We were up in D.C. and then we bought uh, 28 acres way out uh, outside of Charlottesville in Virginia and um, just away from everything and everyone. And, you know, we had this huge farm and tons of places for them to run and a creek to play in. And, you know, and that was, we just noticed such a huge difference in his behavior and his emotional well being when we were out there versus when we were at home in the city. And so finally we were like, all right, we're out. Like, you know, it's not worth it. We'll figure out how to work from home and we're going to go. And, um, and so, you know, giving him that space to just be a kid and, you know, to get away from the EMFs and to get away from just all the energy of the people and the noise and the, you know, it just was, I, and I didn't realize how much I was missing that too. I didn't, I didn't know. I'd never really been in a place like that before. I grew up in the city too. And so once I was out there, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this feels so good, you know, to, to be away from it all. Yeah, I know. I love, and I just have to applaud you, you know, for noticing that and just embracing that and going with it. But there is, there's such this disconnection from nature, especially when you're living in a more urban environment. And then when you have a child where, you know, connection is the challenge, it's that reconnection to nature that can truly shift everything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my God. That's amazing. Like, I just love this. And so this is where I'm like, Oh, where to, where to go on this. So let's talk a little bit about your vision for this camp. Yeah. And then I want to circle back on more energy and motion code, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, sounds good. I mean, for the camp. Um, so I obviously do the emotion code and energy healing. And then my almost husband is, um, is a handyman. And so we kind of, we both have the flexibility and we have these different skill sets where I have kind of that mindfulness and the yoga and the emotional intelligence and things that I can teach the kids. And then he has a lot of these really, really important life skills that he can teach the kids that 
you know, I mean, most people just don't know anymore. Um, and so we were like, you know, and we love being outside and we love nature and we know how healing that is. And we just said, you know, let's create an environment where these kids can just be who they are. And that's, you know, that's the thing that we value the most in our home as well is creating these environments for all the kids, not just our spectrum kids, but all of the kids to just be who they are and to be loved and accepted as they are, as who we are, that we can create an environment where people feel safe to be who they are. They feel safe to share their feelings. They feel safe to share their needs. And, you know, those are important things um, for everybody, not just special needs kiddos. Um, So we wanted to kind of take those values that we have and create an environment where kids can come over the summer and disconnect from, you know, all of the electronics and all the noise and really just create something for them to come and play and be outside and be exactly how weird and quirky they are. And, you know, while we're all there together in a community, we will, you know, garden together, we will cook together. Um, That's, you know, another one of my huge passions is nutrition and food. So doing all that together, um, you know, we are really looking for land that has some water on it so that we can, you know, incorporate that as well, you know, have some chickens and maybe some goats and things that they can caretake, you know, bonfires every night, you know, music lessons, just really, you know, kind of that whole basic summer camp vibe, you know, trying to really get back to letting these kids be kids, but with the intention that, you know, these are all children on the spectrum who, you know, are all going to have different needs that we need to, you know, that we obviously need to uh, work with, but, um, but, you know, allowing them to just come and be themselves and make connections and learn some social skills and learn some emotional intelligence skills and hopefully go back feeling better and knowing how to build a birdhouse and, you know, knowing how to take their deep breaths when they're feeling stressed and just things like that, but just having fun. Yeah. Cause I always say like you, we almost need to go back a hundred years. I remember I was saying this number to Dr. Bush and I think he's like, you have to go back further, but like, you know, go back a hundred, 120 years two things where we actually had, we knew how to do things. So I love that you're almost husband. And when this comes out, it'll be even closer to almost husband, right? Um, But like the skill sets, you know, we've so we're so embraced by convenience nowadays. And, you know, we're so removed from that ability to have those skills and to, like you said, garden and grow things like all of these skills and so important, like the whole idea of like bonfires that night, you know, that to be the light you see before you go to bed is so important and so impactful and no, not a blue screen that's going to screw up your, you know, melatonin and your sleep cycle and get all of these things, that ability to kind of unplug and go back to how things used to be is such a gift, you know, for every, not even kids on the spectrum. This is a camp that would be embraced by so many. Um, but I yeah. love that you're, you know, segmenting it more towards uh, individuals that might have been, um, I don't know if marginal, like just kind of forgotten in this whole summer camp experience. Exactly. Well, there's, you know, we, even in our area out in Charlottesville, there's some really great, you know, other camps like this, but again, nothing is really geared towards children on the spectrum or young adults on the spectrum. So, you know, I know for me, at least a few years ago, I think Seth would probably be okay in an environment like that now, but a few years ago, I wouldn't have felt comfortable sending him somewhere. I would want to 
but I wouldn't feel comfortable unless they, the people there really knew him well and knew, you know, how, cause I mean, his language is a little bit off and things like that, where somebody needs to understand him and understand autism. And I would need to know that somebody there did that. And so I just want parents to feel comfortable where these guys get it. We've got, you know, he and I have got two autistic kids ourselves. We've been through this, we get it. And, you know, it's, so we get it and we're going to, you know, hopefully be able to hire people to come in who get it. (laughs) And, um, you know, so yeah, it's the other interesting part of kind of our vision is, is seeing how the world is changing and how people are being drawn back to kind of self-sufficiency and gardening and things. Um, And a part of that is especially children that are on the spectrum might need to know some of these life skills to get a job. Um, You know, and so if they don't, if they don't want to become, you know, somebody in a cubicle somewhere, they have the, you know, they can come to camp and learn how learn word word, woodworking. They can learn, um, you know, different skills you know, how to fix things, how to build things. Like these are really good skills that are so quickly being lost in our society of everything is electronics, everything. Um, but, but some things aren't fixing your house is not. And, you know, it's, it's funny because Jason will, you know, go to a job and he's just like, you know, people don't have hammers anymore. Like they don't know how to do anything. And, and, um, you know, and so teaching these kids skills that later on, they may be able to use as an entrepreneur, you know, would be really great. Yeah. I love it. And even that cooking piece, right. Everyone is now so used to, you know, either cooking in a microwave or processed food, which we know, I personally know did not set my child up. My, we have a processed food and what, 14 years in our house, um, rise to allergic, but I think it was God's way of showing me like, don't feed your kid shit. Um, yeah. no, but I think, you know, giving skill sets, like you said, with the hammer, but also growing food and then cooking food in community is just such a gift there yeah. too. Well, and that's, I mean, you know, what are, what are these kids going to do if they don't have, if the power goes out, how are they going to feed themselves? You know, just, just really simple things like that, like going out in the morning and having our kind of our breath work and our mindfulness and our yoga, and then going and grabbing the eggs from the chicken coop and everybody coming in and making breakfast together and then sitting outside and planning our day. And, you know, just kind of creating that village environment that we all are so desperately lacking and wanting, um, at least for these kids. And then, you know, I mean, who knows where it'll go in the future, but at least creating this for them first and then, and then seeing. I can also see you guys having like family week because these are skill sets. The parents also need to know too. Yeah. Well, that's, we've talked about that too. And I mean, how healing that would be for families to come in. And so, you know, mom, and just as much as the kids need connection, we do as the parents, we need connection with other people. We need to learn these skills and how good that is for us to disconnect and to sit by the fire and to, you know, so yeah, apps, that's that. You know, we've talked about that too. So. <laughs> I, I, I want to sign up. <laughs> I was going to say, so I, I'd like to just pause to, to applaud you for, for putting this into action because it's easy when you're going through it as a parent to be like, wait, why do things have to be so hard? Why do I have such few options? And to, you know, obviously at least Cass and I were so focused on our own son that we couldn't think about doing something, but we knew we wanted to down the road. So the fact that you're creating the place that if we would have known about, it would have been, you know, a eureka moment 
you know, Cass and I are, are trying to solve the problem that parents just aren't equipped to navigate the journey well. And so we're trying to bring that change. And that took 10 years before we finally said, okay, we're going to do this because, you know, the, the journey could feel hard. A lot of times, you know, especially if parents are blessed that their child makes gains that they're like, okay, well, I'm done with that autism thing. But, you know, you in your own way are going back saying, listen, this is, I remember what it was like. This would have been a incredibly useful thing to have. And as I'm hearing you talk about the camp, it's not as if it's a camp and it's like, okay, there's activities for autistic children. Your camp is all about connection, connection <laughs> with people, connection with nature. And at the end of the day, that is truly what we're wanting most about our children is to for yeah. them to feel connected, to be seen and to be in a nurturing environment. Exactly. I mean, and that's, you know, if I had, that's why it was like, if I could go back, you know, and send Seth to a camp, what would I have wanted? And, you know, there were so many years on this journey where I was doing all the health stuff and I was so stressed about making him normal. And then I got to this point where I realized he's always going to be Seth. He's always going to be, none of us are normal, right? But he's always going to be Seth. And how can I embrace that? How can I stop trying to fix him and actually just enjoy who he is as a human being? And you know what? The fact that he loves chickens and is obsessed with chickens and he connects with chickens rather than the neighborhood kid, that's okay. And like, how can we embrace that? Well, we can get fucking chickens. And so we got chickens, you know? And it was the journey for, you know, obviously for the parents, it's, it's an exhausting and an overwhelming journey, but we change too. We change right along with them. And as we come to embrace who they really are um, with all the quirks and everything, and we start to be, be able to embrace who we are. And that's how, you know, it's, it's a beautiful unfolding. And I mean, if somebody, I just remember him being two and being in this doctor's office and just being like, completely beat down. And sh this woman sitting there telling me, you know, these kids are here to change the world. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I, 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 are you serious right now? You know, and then here I am and he's almost 17. And I'm like, yeah, he has completely transformed my entire world. And because of that, how many other, you know, it's just, it's, it's a beautiful unfolding to be able to accept your child for who they are and, and kind of, and just, it, I don't know It's you guys get it. It's just beautiful. Yes, for Megan, for me, it was when I, the day I realized that I wasn't here to teach Rye, he was here to teach me. And so yeah. when I made that shift, holy crap. And then, you know, what you had said earlier that I just want to circle back, because this is so important for parents who are listening, is this whole idea of when, you know, especially when you're, okay, my child's doing this wrong and they're doing this wrong and they're doing this wrong, you're ultimately kind of judging them. Right. And it's the whole idea of like, I finally realized that I wouldn't want to have been friends with myself then. Like, you know, you want to like be that light for your child. So they actually want to connect with you because when you're just there telling them every fucking thing that they're doing wrong, like I would shut down, I would totally remove and want to be somewhere else. I would not want to be in that present moment. So when you have that ability to truly connect with your child for who they are doing what they might like it's amazing what can shift and that connection grows when yeah. you're not just you know kind of they're you know and over analyzing everything that they're doing yeah well and a lot of times what I notice especially with my clients is 
because uh, I work with a lot of moms with kids on the spectrum and I work on the child and I work on the mom um, and sometimes the whole family, but that's kind of where we end up going. And a lot of times what I notice is the way that we're outwardly judging our child is what we're, how we're actually inwardly judging ourselves. And the more that we pick up on, you're not doing this right, you're not doing this right, you need to do this better, that's how we're talking to ourselves as well. And we're going back, and when it's quiet, we're saying, I'm not doing this right, I'm doing this wrong, I'm not good, blah, 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 blah. And so it is this cycle that kind of starts to circulate between the mom and the child, um, or the parent and the child. And it is this never good enough, um, always needing to fix something. What am I doing wrong? And it's not just, it's, it's both of us and it just, it cycles back and it circles. And so a lot of times when I'm working with clients, I want to get in there and cut that. And it starts with mom. It starts with the parent. Um, and because they, it's not their responsibility to, to fix that for us. We have to do that for ourselves. And as soon as we realize, oh my gosh, the way I've been judging you and the way that I've been wanting you to change is because I'm not happy with myself and I'm not living my truth. I'm not accepting myself for who I am. So how could I do that for you? And so when we can get in there and kind of cut that cycle as the parent and come back to ourselves and say, okay, it's time to cut the crap. It's time to just accept who I am, whatever that means, love myself, be okay with how things are, feel content, do what I need to do to feel good. And then all of a sudden, bam, kid feels better too. And, um, you know, so again, a lot of times in the work, I always ask the parent that I'm talking to, you know, they, they bring me this laundry list of stuff for their kids that they want to work on. And I'm like, cute, let's put that to the side. (laughs) (laughs) How are you mom? What's going on? Um, and you know, and so as we come back to, ourselves and loving ourselves and accepting ourselves that's just what they end up learning because that's how we are so that well, interconnectedness between parent to child oh, is yeah. anything and that's where you know we've had a couple of guests on one was dr stephen cowan who did this cosmic snowman and it's like the inter you know you're thinking about a snowman and the interaction of these it's like oh the parent is this is part this is your calling. This is not just, it's not the diagnosis isn't your child, necessarily your child's. This is your journey that you're being called into and how you show up for your child matters so much and how you, you know, look at it, the lens that you do. Len, you were going to say something. Sorry, I cut you off. No, I love, I love what you just said. And um, no, it's what we love about so much about what you do, Megan, is that it is centered on the concept that the parent is the key. Doesn't mean that, you know, you don't work, and I know you work directly with children, we don't, but it's so true. And it's so hard for a parent to hear that, especially right after the diagnosis, it's the last thing I wanted to hear. But that's why we, we have you on this podcast, why we have this podcast. The sooner a parent can at least become open to that concept to then eventually embrace it makes all the difference. You are the key for your child. It is mm-hmm. absolutely true. And, you know, whatever you need to do to kind of just get into a place to be open to that is the, is the first step. And I know how hard it could be, uh, but that's why we're such a big fan of what you're doing and people like Dr. Zach Bush and these people, basically everyone who we've had on the podcast is, is sending that key message out, which, you know, I don't think we could put out enough. 
Yeah. And it's not to say there's something wrong with the parent either. And it's not to say that, you know, this is your fault. Cause I remember thinking that too, like, oh my gosh, it's, you know, this or that or whatever I was exposed to during pregnancy, blah, 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 all that stuff. But it is changing your entire perspective. And that's what, that's where the healing comes in is changing your whole perspective. And I think as soon as Seth got diagnosed, I went into mama bear and I went into research mode and I went into just digging, digging, digging. And it was constantly looking for what was wrong, looking for the root cause of why my son was sick. Right. And it's changing the whole perspective that he's not sick to begin with. And so shifting that whole thing. And and then it was, and then it came to me, I'm not sick. I'm not a sick person. He's not sick. There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with him. And so it was, he came in and completely, you know, changed my worldview and because of that, then I was able to like be there for him better as a mother and allowing him to be who he is and no judgment. And, you know, so, yeah. It's, it's, it's absolutely true. It is in no way any of the saying that it is the parent's fault. It is not your mm-hmm. fault, but it is your once in a lifetime opportunity to be the parent that you want to be. And, yeah. and that just, it does start with you going first before then finding answers that are right for your child and and be the parent your child needs you to be versus what you thought being a parent might be. Right. Cause that's where it's like how we were raised with our own parents. Like we, you know, probably came into it. I know I did with some expectations of what being a parent might be. And then, you know, I was blessed with Raya as my son and it was like, Oh shit. You know, the norms of what was expected yeah. in families like, Oh, well you have to come to, you know, Christmas dinner and you have to do this and sit at a table and it's like we're not fucking coming then because like you know you have to be able to kind of like even though you might have been raised a certain way and had those expectations throw all that out out the window and support your child or children as they need to be supported because that's where that nuance is so so important and that's where it could you know, a lot of angst. I know parents feel, I know I felt it early on, you know, a little bit of shame too, probably like, what did I do wrong? Or I, you know, how, why me? That doesn't help your kid at all. And it's more just kind of stepping into your power to be that light for them, to meet them where they are and know what they need, not what the previous self thought parenting was going to be. Yeah. And it's allowing yourself to have that grieving process that it's not what you thought it was going to be. Um, that, you know, some things that you really held important are no longer are able to be important to you anymore. Um, you know, traditions and like just these different things, all the way that we thought it was going to be with our child. And now it's not, and it's allowing yourself to feel all of those feelings and to have the grief and to have the confusion and to have the anger. And like, none of that is wrong. Um, it's just, it's allowing yourself to feel all that so that you can come to a place where you can shift your perspective and accept what is happening and realize there's nothing wrong with my kid. There's nothing wrong with me. This is just what it is. And how are we going to work around this? We're going to embrace this. We're going to get the chickens. We're going to, you know, whatever here I am starting a summer camp. Like, you know, it's just, this is what my life is now. I never thought I would do that, but here I am. So now I'm an energy healer with a nature camp. Like 
the hell, like, you know, if you told me that 20 years ago, you know, you just embrace what it is now and realize that these kids are here to completely change your world and to create, um, so many opportunities for healing and growth, um, in so many ways. I always say that I am the mom I used to make fun of because it's like, you never like organic, non-processed, only using homeopathy, like all the, like doing emotion codes. Like I got like, whatever, all of those things. I know uh, things I that my old self would have judged the fuck out of, and now oh, I'm yeah. just kind of like bring it. The more you know, I'm like I'm always on this quest to kind of learn what I don't know and embrace even the unknown. Because like, so for my son, a little bit different when he regressed, he also his health crashed. So mm-hmm. it was kind of the conjunction of the meeting of health crashing with regression. And so, you know, and this is where all the doctors told us that all of his health challenges were just part of autism. And I called bullshit because I'm like, what if those health problems contributed to his autism, right? What if they're, he he doesn't feel good in his body. And that's where, you know, we did a three-year quest of traditional, you know, medicine to find that the only thing that really started his healing in his body, not necessarily autism was homeopathy. So it's like amazing. Like each of these kids are so unique and so different. It's like supporting them where they need to be supported might put you on a path that you never knew anything about, but that's okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that was, you know, there was the difference between like when Seth was first diagnosed for those first several years, like he was not comfortable in his body. And that's not, I was, I was not going to accept that. Like I'm his mom. I need to see him. Okay. Now it's not that I, and at that point I thought we needed to get rid of autism. That's like, we need to heal this. This is a toxicity. This is blah, blah, blah. Um, now granted like the homeopathy and, um, the energy work for us were the two big things that really made that shift for him to become more comfortable in his body and who he was. I could see that he was more settled. His nervous system was finally starting to relax and he was okay. Um, and then that's where the journey started for me to heal myself, but also to, to accept that he's okay. Now he's still autistic but that doesn't mean anything else is wrong. He's finally settled. His health issues have resolved. Um, and now it's, now it's time for acceptance. Amazing. No, because it's so important. I remember our, one of our first appointments at the M clinic when Dr. Bush, it was rise appointment and he laid me on the table and I was like, but him. And he's like, no, you. And he was like, you see this stress spot right here? You get rid of it. He feels it. And it's, yes. you know, that interconnectedness is so we, it can't be overlooked. And that's where for the listeners who are listening to realize that this is your opportunity to, to truly, you know, love yourself. You know, I always now say body temple, but it's like really kind of making sure that you are supporting yourself through this journey. Cause it isn't about a quick fix. And it, I always use the term journey just because it's not like, oh my goodness, in 10 days you're done. It's like, no way, this is the opportunity to kind of shift where you were to where you are. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And and so with respect to you personally, to the extent that you'd like to share a little bit more about um, what it was like from your perspective as a mom, because one of the big issues or things that Cass and I see, we saw it with ourselves, we see it with clients, is regardless of how you're showing up, whether you're trying to fix your kid or even whether you're like, you see it as an opportunity, you're bringing big energy toward it. The, oper- the the likelihood of burnout and just 
burning, you know, just burning yourself into the ground, running yourself into the ground is so high. And it mm-hmm. sounds like from your story that that was a part of it, that then at right. some point you had an awareness and you turned that around. Can you talk a little bit about that? And then For I would sure. like to get to emotion code after that. <laughs> well, and that's, it's all integrated, but yeah, it's, um, that was, I'm trying to think how, as far as the timeline goes, I'm not sure how long into the, this journey with Seth, where I really started to get sick myself. But, um, all these symptoms started to appear for me where, you know, these symptoms of pure exhaustion. Um, and, you know, and I remember at that point I was, uh, you know, a patient of Dr. Bush's and coming to see him and I'm like, I don't, and he's like, listen, your blood works fine. You're, you know, same story. Everything looks fine, but I was not fine. And I was doing all these things and I was doing the supplements and I was doing the diet, you know, same journey that Seth had mine was just a couple of years later. And I'm like, okay, time to fix me. And you know, I'm doing all the same stuff and I'm realizing I'm just over here pounding green juice and you know, everything else. And I don't feel any better. And that's when I got introduced to the emotion code. And I remember being resistant to it because I kept thinking like, yeah, I'll like deal with my emotions later. I'm like sick. Like I can't deal with that stuff right now. I feel like crap. Like once I figure this out, then I'll worry about that stuff. Like that's just too fluffy you know, and here we are, but I finally ended up doing it. Cause I had just kind of given up. I was like, I, you know, nothing is working. Let's just see, I don't care. And I kind of had this give up attitude of like, sure, let's see what you can do, you know? And I worked with this practitioner for about a year and that's when everything started shifting for me and for Seth. And it was that last piece of the puzzle where I was realizing I'm not sick. I'm emotionally completely wiped out and burned out. And and physically I'm getting symptoms. Absolutely. Yes. Am I having headaches? Absolutely. Do I have no energy? Yes, but I'm not sick. There's nothing wrong with me. I am just beyond the point of emotionally exhausted. And, um, and I just didn't know where to start with that. And talk therapy sounded more so exhausting because it was just talking about problems and recycling them in my head. And, so this, this way of, of kind of like working in on the subconscious level was so good for Seth and I, because it was just, it was such an easy way for us to release some of this stress and the trauma and start to kind of move past that story of being sick and come into this new phase of healing and of, of being better. And so, yeah, I mean, I get being burned out for sure. And it makes us think that we're sick and we do get a lot of symptoms. And, um, and that was part of Seth's too. You know, he was, he was holding a lot of my stress for sure. And I see that as well. I see that these, these autistic kids are so sensitive energetically. And a lot of times what's happening is they are just picking up and absorbing on the stress in the environment. And it breaks my heart sometimes when I have clients who, who, don't really absorb that information and they still just keep focusing on the kid. And, and I'm just like, like, I, like I want to, I want to get into, I want to get into your head and like, let's get you feeling better. Cause I know if you could feel better, the kid would feel better too. Um, and it's not, it's not even autistic kids. It's just kids in general, but autistic kids usually are more sensitive. And so the energy work works so well for them because they are so energetically sensitive. They're picking up everything in their environment. Their nervous systems are keyed up all the time. And if it's EMFs or mom's stress or dad's anger or, you know, whatever, they're picking every up and um, the emotion code is just a great way to release that so easily. So can you just walk us through 
I recently had my first emotion code session, but for someone who's listening, can they, can you walk them through kind of what happens? Cause it's really nothing that they need to do to no. do. No, no, there's nothing that's that anyone else needs to do. Um, it is, so I use muscle testing to figure out what needs to be cleared and then I release it. And basically in a session with me, the first part of a session is we're clearing trapped emotions and trapped emotions are just that leftover baggage or emotional residue that comes from being a human, having emotions. So every time we feel something and we don't really process it or validate it, it can get stuck in our energy field. Um, We can also absorb things from other people. And so my job is to go in and say, okay, you know, this person is dealing with headaches and anxiety and this, that, and the other. And so I go in and specifically find the trapped emotions that are causing those symptoms and clear them. Um, And then the second part is where we kind of go more into the physical body and clear different things. We can, you know, uh, check for nutritional deficiencies. We can check to see what foods you're intolerant to, what foods would actually be really good for you. So there's all sorts of stuff that help, um, you know, these kiddos, but also mom and dad. And so it's really simple. It's um, effective. And, you know, that was really the turning point. You know, that's when Seth got all of his language back was when we started doing all this. Um, And that's when my thyroid stuff started to finally, you know, chill out. And, you know, so um, it was it was the thing I put off and resisted the most for sure, because I just thought it was, you know, it it sounded neat, but like I had other stuff to do. So (laughs) I'm so glad that you did it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's like, you know, yeah. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's what we're fighting is really what is kind of that path forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, I was a, you know, that's when I was a patient of Dr. Bush's and I just, you know, I was hitting my head against a wall and I'm like, you know, I, dude, I just don't feel good. Like nothing is helping. And then he watched me as I was going through this work and he's like, what are you guys doing? And I'm like, it's this crazy thing. Oh my gosh. And he's like, can you learn how to do this? I'm like, I mean, I guess. And so, um, so I learned how to do it and, you know, I just, the rest is history and I've been seeing his patients, you know, for 10 years. Um, so yeah, it's, it's so impactful and I'm not going to sit here and act like that's the only tool that anybody needs because obviously our wellness is so holistic where we need, we need that exposure to nature. We need connection. We need community. We need those healthy organic foods. Um, but we also really do need a way to clear out, you know, all the junk that we carry around. Um, and this is just a part of that part of that. And the other random thing that I'm just going to throw in here, and I'm just curious if it was also part of your journey. So when my daughter, so my daughter was born two weeks after Rye was diagnosed. So it was a little bit of a crap show for us, but she is as energetic as her brother, but a little bit different. Right. And so I'll never forget when she was three years old, she looked at me one day and she's like, I carried you in my belly. And I was like, I am. And it's so funny because before I had my kids, I'd been to psychics who told me my kids were my birth parents back to guide me through this life because I'm adopted. And it was so funny because she said it and I just looked at her and I was like, I'm sure you did. And it was like, you know, it was a beautiful kind of coming together. But it was like our kids, you can carry generational trauma into lives, which is something that we've uncovered during this journey, which I think might be a little bit of a mind blow for parents. But I think things, you know, energetic things like emotion code, Dr. Bush, I was complaining about like pain here, upper, 
whatever left. And he's like, go get a past life regression. So I did that and it was amazing. That cleared up some of my stuff. But it's like crazy that to think that it's like sometimes we can be carrying more than we know that we're carrying. Oh, for sure. Well, and that's, you know, the way I explain this is, you know, there's uh, before it was like I there was something off, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And so, you know, when you like, you know, something's off, but you can't put your finger on it. That's when this work comes in great. Um, you know, you can put your finger on a nutritional deficiency, but when you just don't feel good, that's different. And, you know, so yeah, every day with clients, we are clearing generational trauma and, you know, we can inherit trapped emotions in the same way that we inherit eye color and hair color. We can inherit these emotional stresses and traumas. And you can see that throughout family lines. You can see that, oh yeah, my dad was really anxious too. And then his, you know, and it's, you can see that thread. And so with the emotion code, the intention I always have when I'm working with clients is that um, when I am healing and clearing something, we're healing it from everyone who has been affected. And if that means it's an inherited emotion where it goes back, you know, six generations, we're clearing it from that whole line. Also, if you have children and they've inherited something from you, it's getting cleared from them. If someone has absorbed that emotion, it's cleared. Like it's like pulling out a weed and that whole root system, we're pulling it all out. And we're not just healing you. We're healing this whole, all the people that have been affected by these emotions. And yeah, we can absolutely be carrying this generational trauma um, and for whatever reason, this generation of kids, you know, they're the ones here trying to break the chains. Yeah, oh this whole energetic field, right, which includes so much. It's so easy to dismiss. Initially, mm-hmm. it's just total wackadoodle, you know, kind of desperate people do that. I don't. But when I, I think what was helpful for me to become more open is just the the idea that for the journey to support your child, the, the quote unquote problem is friction, like friction. And if it's physical friction, it's inflammation, it's those types of things. And yes, do, do what you can to help the body. But this energetic friction that's mm-hmm. out there, I think 20 years ago, it'd be maybe easier to dismiss, but now the science is catching up and like this, this is the future that our, mm-hmm. our, how our bodies operate. We are energy. I mean, it's, it's all about energy. So when you get behind the concept that, there, there's true value to pursuing and freeing up those energetic blocks, whatever they may be, then you become more open to the different modalities. And there's a lot of modalities out there and there is a lot of confusion yeah. and a parent can get educated and determine what feels right for them and, and to, to explore and have more of a balanced approach. Okay. Maybe you're doing some medical and, and also addressing the energetic side of things, at least for us was, was totally game changing. Oh yeah. And that's, that's the thing is it's, it's a whole thing. And like, you know, something um, Dr. Bush always said to me is like, we don't heal solo, we heal in community. And so that to me means a lot of different things. And, um, and one thing that I really like about that is, and at the M clinic, like we wanted to create that environment. So they're seeing the medical doctor, but they're also seeing me, the energy healer, the emotional person, the therapist, they're seeing you know, they're seeing a chiropractor, they're seeing an acupuncturist, and it's this whole community of people that can create your wellness team. And so it's, you know, we, we are, we're interesting, multi-layered beings. And as we peel back each of these layers of this stress and this trauma, um, we're able to 
be who we really are. You know, that authentic self can come forward and, you know, and I think it's just, it's beautiful the way that it can all work in community and synchronicity like that. (gasps) So excited. No, I'm so excited for others to hear this because it's like your journey is so powerful and you have so much to share. And so for our audience to hear it, you know, they'll, they hear me talk a lot, but it's like to hear it from another mom who's had kind of a similar journey. It's, so, so important. So thank you, you know, for sharing your hurt and thank you for shining your light for so many. And let's bring on, let's manifest this camp. So everyone's listening in the show notes, you have links to everything that Megan is doing. Um, Check out that camp. Like, I mean, I want the wait list join now kind of thing (laughs) for next summer, right? Yeah. No, I mean, we would love, we would love it to be a camp where, you know, where we have enough people have donated that the parents can send their kids for free because I know what a financial burden it is as well to be on this journey. And like, how great would that be to have people, you know, be able to sponsor and donate, um, you know, sponsor a child to go so that that's not a financial burden whatsoever for the parents, or at least have a sliding scale or something so that, you know, anybody can join. So yeah, even, I mean, five bucks, really anything is going to help because, um, you know, we want to, we want to not just fund the camp itself, but also support the parents in this too, um, because it's such a financial stress. Amazing. That's wonderful. (laughs) Absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Your voice is one that we're so excited more people get to hear. And and if they just want to find out more about you, where, where can they go? Uh, so my website is harmony-restored.com. Um, so you can, you know, that's where my services are. Um, that is my Instagram handle is harmony restored. And then the camp is guiding arrow camp.wordpress.com. And then uh, Instagram guiding arrow. So <laughs> we will, we will tag it all down below and we will put it in yeah, the post that we put out there. So we will share. So. Thank you. Yeah. It's been so good talking with you all. Thank you, Megan. Want to learn how to avoid the 33 mistakes most autism parents make? Get your free training today. Visit AutismParentingSecrets.com slash unstoppable.